Hey there, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of The Overflow Show. I'm your host, Caleb Cox, and this is my beautiful wife, Katia. And we are doing something really new today. Um, We are switching things up with our podcast, moving forward. And Katia, could you share a little bit about what we're doing? Sure, yeah. We're doing our first interview podcast, and we're going to be getting testimonies and just personal stories, I guess, of how people's lives have been changed by God, and we hope that they inspire you, and we hope that they move you to greater things. Yeah. Um, For this first interview, to kick it off, we're interviewing um, one of our closest friends, And he is someone who has impacted both of our lives with his story. He grew up in California, and um, he overcame some intense things, um, drug addiction and depression, and really his life leading to nothing. And God was able to completely turn everything around um, so that we would have the opportunity of having him in our lives. Uh, So, without further ado, let's get to the show. You're listening to The Overflow Show, the podcast that follows our lives as a young married couple who love Jesus. We are Caleb and Katia Cox, and our goal is to inspire people like you to dream big, know God, and never settle for less. We hope you enjoy the show. Okay, folks, we are excited for this episode. Um, Like we said in the intro, bringing on a really good friend of ours. Um, This man is not only an avid coffee drinker slash maker, but he is a surfer, skater. Snowboarder. Snowboarder. Shredding it. Shredding the nogs. uh, Comes from (laughs) California. He's just an overall amazing dude, um, and we're really excited that he's in our lives, and he's going places. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to introduce Joshua Etherington. Hey there, bud. Hey, guys. Hey. How are you doing? Good. Awesome. So um, I guess to kick it off, Josh, uh, we know that you're from California, mm-hmm. but exactly where in California are you from, and like where'd you grow up and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I was born in Sacramento, California, which is in the northern part of the state. And I spent most of my childhood in in the city and moved up early after that in, mm-hmm. to the mountains. Into the mountains? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Lake Tahoe area. Okay. Oh, nice. Sweet. Yeah. Um, could you, I guess, just tell us a little bit about... Um, I guess what it was like growing up, like what was the family dynamic and stuff? Mm, yeah. Um, so I grew up in, in a Christian home. Like both my parents are solid believers. Um, of course, all of us have, you know, dysfunctional parts. And um, I think one major thing that was positive for me growing up I was my father was always involved in my life and he was always like interested in what I was interested in Mm -hmm. Um, always knew I was loved always Um, 
and then the other crazy side of it was I felt growing up um, and I didn't discover this until later but I felt very uh, just like kind of unsafe there was an unreliable type dynamic to growing up because we moved so much like in 18 years of my life we moved 19 times oh wow wow. yeah that's crazy crazy. what what caused all that moving around was it just your dad's work or Mm -hmm. um i think part of it was honestly i don't know oh really yeah it was Um, just a decision your parents made yeah well my dad ran his own business and so with that comes like financial stress sometimes Mm -hmm. and i think that was a big part of it taking risks and okay yeah whatever yeah that makes sense i guess um so with all that moving around did you go to public school and if so like what was your school life like growing up like early age yeah so um Growing up, I I went to kindergarten in public school, That's fun. which was a blast. Yeah. Um, but from there, everyone's best year. <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> seriously, playing with rice all day. Did you blow? Up, did you do the thing where you put a bubble in your mouth to be quiet? Like, teacher says, like everyone bubble in your mouth. Like uh-uh. when you're okay. <laughs> no, my teacher did that. Oh, that's awesome. Anyways. I was always the best at that. Yeah, I'm sure you were. (laughs) Yeah, so I um, was in public school kindergarten. uh, First through fourth, I was homeschooled, so my mom was my teacher. And then in fourth grade, I went back into public school. Okay. Yeah. What was that like, going back into public school? It was uh, scary. I think, yeah, mm-hmm. at first, for sure. Um, I was, like, definitely very comfortable with just being with my family all day yeah. and just learning that way. So I think, um, yeah, I was nervous, but at the same time super stoked mm-hmm. because you know how I just, like, I love being around people, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but at that time in my life, I was very much more reserved uh-huh yeah okay mm-hmm. for sure and then so i guess fast forward so you fourth till what grade did you do that uh public school 10th till 10th grade yeah in 10th grade okay and so what happened to that caused you to stop in 10th grade yeah so um in 10th grade i was living crazy um at that point my mom had to call the police on me multiple times because i just i didn't show up at home Mm -hmm. uh for days on end school didn't know where i was um and my mom obviously knew i was using uh, drugs in Mm -hmm. some context but Mm um yeah so craziness uh trouble with the police and home and all that and so uh my mom thought it was a good decision to take me out of that environment and um put me in a boarding school Hmm. yeah so i went to a boarding school and teen rehab program in utah okay yeah (laughs) that's crazy yeah Yeah. what was that like uh it was 
it was crazy. I woke up one morning uh, after my mom convinced me of staying home that night. <laughs> oh I woke gosh. up at 5 a.m. to two giant men in my room. <laughs> I mean, like Arnold Schwarzenegger ripped dudes. Oh my god! And they just threw me no. my pants off the floor and said, "Get dressed. You're coming with us." That is crazy. That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? what is going on? Was your mom just there in the background? Like, so she... Okay, Josh. No, no. She sat on my bed with tears in her eyes and told me that I was going to a program in Utah mm-hmm. and I'd be gone for a while. Yeah, that's crazy. I bet that was a hard for her. Yeah, it yeah, it really was. What was going through your head when like that so, day happened? First of all, right in that moment, I, I it was like I was in shock. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, of course, because that was, I yeah, just didn't see it coming. Yeah, didn't expect it at all. Um, and my first thought was how how am I gonna run? Yeah. Right? Like, how am I going to get away from these guys? So that's, boom. And betrayal. You know, like, I just felt such a sense of betrayal from my family um, at that time. And And you had mentioned before, kind of, that you always knew you were loved just Mm -hmm. by, like, your dad's involvement in your life. Um, Yeah. Is that something that in that moment when the stuff fell, when that happened, did, Mm -hmm. is that something you kind of, were able to hold on to or was that actually in question just because of everything that was going on Mm. i would say it was definitely in in question Mm. um just just because from uh my family being being split a few years earlier Mm -hmm. okay um, yeah and then all of i mean my rebellion and stuff my i felt very distant from Mm -hmm. my family at that point yeah yeah Okay. Definitely. So you're in Utah. Uh huh. Um, how did that affect you? Like going to that school, was it a positive or did it feel like a negative? Yeah. 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 So when I first got there, um, dude, I was angry that I was there. <laughs> but. Uh, but pretty easily, you know, like I, in the first couple weeks, I just kind of accepted that I was there and I mm-hmm. wanted to grow and do my best. Yeah. You know, like hit it hard, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there was no way out. <laughs> Literally. You were California from Utah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's stories of guys running from there and the, um, the, the transporters. <laughs> they were called transporters. Yeah. So they, they'd hunt kids down no and bring them back. Way. Yeah. Yeah, in handcuffs if needed to. Crazy. No, for sure. That's crazy to think yeah. that like places like that exist, and they're not bad. They're no. just wow. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so yeah. those guys kept you from running. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but um, so was that like was it super strict? Did they have a lot of daily routine and stuff? And yeah, yeah. So it was. Um, there was a guy's side and a girl's side, obviously, and mm-hmm. so it was set up um, similar to uh, 
a military style. Mm -hmm. uh, we had bunk rooms. We had showers that we could only use at certain times of the day. Um, we had scheduled school time, church time, mm -hmm. uh, physical training time. And then we had an amount of service hours we had to get done. So weekly we would go on trips to serve the community, pick up trash, do okay. whatever, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. To get service hours. Okay. So I guess after that, um, I want to kind of get into like maybe the couple years that led up to like the darkest point in your life or mm. maybe just some, yeah. if you could go through some of the hard points in your life and then, and then get into kind of the turning point, like how Jesus kind of pulled you out of that hard childhood growing up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so I would say I just start at the beginning, 12 years old, I started smoking weed, mm -hmm. um, and cigarettes and, um, started drinking occasionally. And that was just a few times. Um, and then 14 was when I really, it became my lifestyle. Mm. Um, and so just in that culture just getting introduced to uh at a young age drug dealers um going to parties just you know like craziness yeah. craziness yeah. um yeah uh police stealing whatever <laughs> insanity Dang. um but yeah so it just introduced me to that world and one thing led to the, another and mm -hmm. I think a big point, a negative thing I see that I did pull out of that school in Utah was yeah. all these other kids had tried so many different drugs than I did. Mm. And so I got interested in those. Because they'd talk about it. And yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you'd tell stories, whatever. And, yeah. Um, it was kind of like a, you know, building your reputation, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got, I got super interested in specifically psychedelics. Yeah, at that time, and um, and so that's kind of kind of what I I dove into. Okay. After I got out and lived on the streets and okay, um, did all of that. Yeah, I, I'd be interested in. Um, could you go a little deeper in like experiences that you had? Um, what your experience was overall with psychedelics and kind of because. That's a I know a big talking point mm. right now in the world and like yeah especially with Joe Rogan and like <laughs> yeah. a lot of people are interested in psychedelics specifically yeah I even saw a Netflix show that was interviewing people about their experiences yeah on, really? on mushrooms and stuff wow well, that's crazy that is crazy and a lot of people see it as a positive thing yeah um, and see it as a, a spiritual thing even mm. and so I'd love it if you shared kind of how you see all that your perspective and from your experience mm. yeah well i i mean i i agree with him on that it is definitely a, a spiritual door mm -hmm. for sure um and i think that was my attraction to it mm. because i'd walked away from my relationship with jesus um when i was 11 and um after that um, I just, I always knew the truth in my heart, you know, I always did, mm -hmm. but, 
I really wanted to explore different spiritual theologies and experiences. Yeah. And, and I always felt like my experience in church wasn't as real mm. as some of these stories I was hearing. Yeah. Like I saw change in people. Mm -hmm. uh, off of using drugs, you know. Yeah. And some of that, I just I didn't feel like I got from from church. Yeah. But so that that was the initial lead into that. Um. I'd say my first experience on it. Um. I took acid a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, my main one though was uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Oh really? Fungi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it. I yeah. Always drawn to the more natural, natural side of things. Mm. Um, mescaline, cactus, all of that craziness. Mm. Um, I was really interested in the, the um, like religious rituals with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would go with my friends and just get a bunch of shrooms and eat them all in the woods and just fry, you know? Yeah. Um, and my experience on it was, you know how like in the Christian world, like we know with the Holy Spirit, like we receive revelation. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And revelation is like that. Yeah. Yeah, like that feeling, the thought that you get. Yeah. That just makes sense. It's truth. It's like something or someone gave it to yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. That is the same feeling that um, that you get Dang. on psychedelics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you really, uh, there are things spoken to you and... Um, lack of better words, revealed. Mm -hmm. um, it's like blinders are taken off your eyes, in a sense. Yeah, that's how mm -hmm. it feels. That's how it feels. Wow. And um, you start to question everything. I think it really opens people up to being suggestible to a lot of different ideas. Yeah. And I think that is the a more dangerous part of it. Yeah. Um, although people could see positive in it, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's dangerous just because we have so much lies out there in this world, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And, yeah, I guess even, like, it feels like revelation, it feels like truth, but usually it doesn't lead to what, I guess, mm. truth would look like. Because it doesn't lead to the founded things. founded on nothing. Yeah. Mm hmm So, yeah, and that's crazy. So I guess what... Um, most of your beginning experiences, you're saying, were yeah. pretty lighthearted, pretty... Um, yeah, fun. Pretty amazing fun, to you. Fun, bubbly, crazy, Alice yeah. in Wonderland, yeah. straight up, yeah. Okay, and so what made you kind of... What caused you to have a negative light on that? Like, yeah. what... I guess, what caused you to stop taking acid? Yeah. Um, well, I would say I was... I dove right into the whole hippie lifestyle community and... Mm -hmm. You know, walking barefoot, playing music for money on the streets, <laughs> yeah. um, and just getting involved in that culture. That was like, it felt like my dream would yeah. be to be a part of that family, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and that culture and that history, you know. And um, so through that negative, okay, boom, 
Um, so, yeah, through that experience and just meeting a whole bunch of kind of people through that, um, what I felt I was promised through that lifestyle and taking drugs with people and stuff was that there was going to be this sense of peace and understanding, Yeah, you know, between people and love and um when people weren't frying together i saw a lot of darkness and just jealousy and and violence and hatred you know mm-hmm. that isn't really wasn't portrayed to me or yeah. wasn't what i believed was there yeah you know um and i think a specific experience that really shook me up man was this one time uh, I was with three of my friends um, and we bought a couple grams of of shrooms and they I don't know what was done to them but they were just crazy man Uh, they were very very powerful Mm. Um, and I took a couple grams and uh, just I I was always a person go hard or go home, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> I I didn't like ease into it. Yeah. I just ate all of it at once. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember like uh 15 20 minutes into it, I started rocketing. And what I mean by that is just like there's a point where you peak where you the world gets crazy like walls are melting and Mm -hmm. you're in a total different realm Mm -hmm. and um so i peaked super hard Jimi hendrix was playing on the radio in my buddy's room lava lamp was on and i was laying on the floor on the he had carpet i was laying on the carpet and all my friends were gone i don't know where they went they just went out of the room they're outside or something yeah and someone was in the other room they were frying as well and so they were laughing Mm. and to me in that headspace i was frying so hard i was literally melting into the carpet becoming one and i felt this super gnarly pressure and presence over me it felt like um just pure darkness yeah was over me um just evil well wow. just gnarly evil spirits mm. and the laughing i heard was like it sounded like it was on a tape and it was being played mm-hmm. and reversed and played over and over and over and over and it was the most haunting experience yeah mm-hmm. um I literally felt like my brain was uh, <laughs> going to snap. Yeah. You know, like I was going to be one of those mm-hmm. guys talking to themselves. Yeah, yeah. I felt totally out of control of my mental state. Like, yeah. That's um, crazy. And at that point, the only anchor I saw that would bring me back to reality was Jesus. Really? Uh, yeah. And... I was being choked out. Um, whatever was on me was constricting my airway and I couldn't breathe. And 
I knew I had to utter the name of Jesus. And so I just screamed as loud as I could, Jesus, just like as loud as I could a couple times. Um, and right as I got those words out, the spirit left. Yeah. I felt I was coming above the carpet again. Yeah. <laughs> I felt all the craziness, the tape in my head everything started settling um and and i was still high for sure but i came back level yeah and i felt the presence of god in that moment well and i knew that he had saved me from something pretty gnarly (laughs) that's wild yeah so yeah go ahead so that yeah so that trip was one of the trips that really started changing my perspective and really mm. questioning, mm. well, what is this stuff if it's not all fun? You yeah. know, like you felt like you were not going to make it out of there and yeah. be the same person on the other end. Absolutely. Like without a shadow of a doubt. And so you kind of knew you were like, the only thing that really got me out of that was Jesus. Yeah. Saying Jesus at least. You yeah. Know? And so, but that wasn't your last, um, hoorah that wasn't yeah. that wasn't the <laughs> turning point that wasn't the it was point. just a seed yeah. so um what are some other experiences that caused you to question that lifestyle yeah so um let me think there was there's this yeah so six months um there was a time period where literally everyone, like if they knew me or not, when I met them, they would call me Jesus. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but like, so I had super long dreadlocks, a beard, you know, yeah. like olive skin, whatever people's image <laughs> is. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, everyone would say hey man you look like jesus and i could not escape that's wild. that hmm. like it was a reminder every time i i was like yeah whatever dude like whatever that's weird you know <laughs> yeah um and what began that what i, I remember <clears throat> at beginning was i was down in uh, pismo beach mm-hmm. and my sister had driven down there because Heidi Baker was having a conference down there. Oh, mm. cool. Um, and at that point, I was just blazing with my bros and, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and my sister invited me to go to this conference. And at first, I was like, no way, dude. Like, I'm not going to some Christian thing. And she asked me again. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll go just to be nice mm-hmm. and um i was super stoned got dropped off at this church and uh my sister and mom were there we went in and i don't know if you've ever seen heidi baker speak but she cries <laughs> most of the time yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to me i was like this lady's like lost it dude like <laughs> she's not so yeah oh my gosh and like the worship music and people pe- okay they did a fire tunnel when i was there oh yeah maybe. and 
I went through it at this. If I could give you a picture of what I looked like, I had dreadlocks down on my chest. I had a beard uh, below my collarbone. I was oh wearing gosh. a torn up Grateful Dead tie dye t shirt. I wore flowy pants that had rubber bands at the bottom, like Aladdin, that were like psychedelic pattern, colorful. Yeah. I stunk like stale pot and beer and patchouli oil, and I was barefoot. (laughs) So that was this dude walking into this church conference and uh, went through the fire tunnel. And I remember actually feeling something. Mm -hmm. I couldn't like place my finger on it, but there was something there. There was like this almost like a a trigger for me that reminded me kind of of who God used to be to me, you know? Yeah. Um, But I was very resistant to any, you know, inkling of the Holy Spirit at that time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because I was just so selfish, wanted to do me Mm -hmm. and uh, party. But after that point, so after that point, directly after, went to a gas station to pick up a pack of cigarettes and the cashier, right as I walk in the door, mm-hmm. says, hey, what up, Jesus? And I'm like, huh? And he's like, oh, bro, you look like Jesus. And I was like, <laughs> all right, dude. And like, It wasn't normal, even though no. you had the long hair before that. Exactly. Moment. Exactly. Looked the same. Nobody ever said that to me before. Mm. After that experience, everywhere I went, people started calling me Jesus. That's like crazy. in and out, yeah. like gas stations, like my drug dealer, like oh everything like that. It was it was insane. My friends would be like, "Oh, dude, looking like Jesus," or just like yeah. remarks like that. People on the street. Huh. Um, so I couldn't escape his name. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. And that's a period in my life where, as well, I would like take a fat rip of the bong, pass it, and me and my friends would be having spiritual conversations. Mm -hmm. And I would be like defending Jesus and the Trinity as the one true God. Because that's honestly what I believe in my heart of hearts. And my friends would ask me, you know, spiritual questions all the time. Yeah. Because I was the oldest and, you know, I kind of adopted the the kind of father of the group. Yeah. My hippie name was Father Tree. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Legit. It's legit. That's hilarious. I got that on a shroom trip. It's so fitting though. Like, I don't know, like even now. Yeah. Yeah. Father tree. (laughs) Disclaimer, uh, that might be because you have been working on trees Uh, for years, cutting trees, trimming trees. But yeah, Yeah, arborist lifestyle. Josh is just a natural guy. Yeah. And he's caring Mm. for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Like a father. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. I mean, like an older brother for me and my sisters and brothers. So. Mm hmm. Yeah, still. It's been re- that's really awesome. Yeah. So okay, so Father Tree, you. Uh, <laughs> so you're saying like right now at this point, you're having spiritual conversations, but yeah. but you're 
still I'm getting still stoned. Living in sin. It's yeah. the same. You're defending Jesus, but mm-hmm. you know in your heart that you're not doing right by Him. Mm. So, yeah. where do we go from here? What's Josh doing then? From there, um, one crazy experience I'd like to share with you guys, and this is very pivotal in um, really my salvation, my heart like turning. Mm. to look towards God. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was seven years old, I got a wart on my wrist. And at that point, you know, it was like weird. I tried to get rid of it, like mm-hmm. freeze it, burn it, whatever. And I I prayed to God for like a year. Like, God, take away this wart. You know, because it was yeah. embarrassing to me. I was a kid. My friends would ask me, ew, what's that? You know, yeah. like it was a... <laughs> It was, it, it made me feel like an outsider, yeah. you know, yeah. and like a spectacle in school. Right. And um, I felt, yeah, ashamed of it, I, I would say. And, but I didn't get the answer I wanted. Mm-hmm. And those wards just spread. Mm-hmm. Um, I had over, up to the age of 18, 19 years old, I was at the point of where I had over 40 warts on both of my hands, my knuckles, mm. palms, and the backs of my hands. Wow. Um, and so that was something that I feel my heart hardened to because mm. I felt like God didn't answer that prayer when I was seven, mm. you know. And I remember um, having a very... I don't know if this correlates, but I had a very dark experience. Um, one day I messed with Ouija boards, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I had friends who used them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember at that point I wasn't interested in them anymore. Like I, I knew what they were mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I knew it was a gateway, uh, to hell, you know, yeah. And yeah. a gateway to darkness. And, so I had a friend who I spent the night with and he he told me we're drinking, we're just smashed and he was like, "Oh yeah, dude, like I have like a open Ouija board under my bed." And by the word open, he meant he had opened the portal and not closed it mm-hmm. because he liked the spiritual activity. Yeah. Things getting <laughs> thrown around his house, things moving, yeah. um just all that, hmm. you know people would call ghosts and stuff and um so i was pretty serious with him and i was like dude like get that out of here like i'm not gonna have a part of that and Mm. he totally honored me and respected me in that he was like oh yeah dude for sure like totally man and he got rid of it (laughs) and later on i got to share with him my testimony and he actually gave his life to christ which is yeah, he was a major tweaker. Um, <laughs> yeah, gnarly dude. Wow. Gnarly dude. So really after cool. you had gotten saved, yeah, not that night, not that. But night. after you got saved, you ran into him and you yeah. shared your testimony. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, it was beautiful. That is beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, but at that point, so from that moment on, I had crazy dreams that night. I had a really, really demonic assault. Mm. Um, and I woke up the next morning and I just weeped. Like Mm. I felt, I felt raped. Honestly, I felt 
like taken advantage of, mm-hmm. you know, by these demonic spirits and um, just totally wrecked, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I started noticing after that my like warts started going away. And um, at first I was like, what? Like, that's weird. It looks like they're smaller, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but at the end of two weeks, they were completely gone. Wow. They were like completely gone. All of your warts? All of them. Wow. Dang. Yeah. And so obviously I called my mom and yeah. I was like, dude, mom, like my warts are gone. She started crying on the phone and she was like, Joshua, you you have no idea what this means. You need to give your sister a call. And at that time, my sister had a week before just gotten back from Mozambique, Africa, uh, where she spent time with Heidi Baker and Irish wow. Ministries and stuff. And I called her and I was like, hey, Sarah, like mom told me to tell you like my warts are gone. And she was like, what? And she just started weeping too. Like, uh, she she told me she was like Joshua. You, like, you have no idea, like what that means to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. It's, I mean, it's cool, but it's not a big deal, you know. And she um, she told me she she said, dude, like I've been praying for you, and I heard God tell me that when your warts went away you would know who the true God was. Dang. And it was like so personal. Yeah. You know, like that, because I feel like that was the first message God sent me of that he's coming for me because that was one thing that I asked for in total secret. A long time ago. A long time ago. (laughs) 12 years. Yeah. 12 years. Wow. And he showed up and I don't know why at that time or whatever, but it happened. And that kind of shook me too with all that. Hey, what's up, Jesus? And and then all that going on. And there was just like heightened spiritual activity on both ends in my life. I I almost feel like your sister had a big part to play in that just because she was pursuing God Mm. going to Mozambique. I feel like, Mm -hmm. don't you think that, um, that that might have had a big part to play in that time, just like <laughs> her seeking God and that God would tell her that and that, you yeah. know, she could have been that doorway, I feel like, of faith mm. that was reaching, allowing God to reach out to you like that. Yeah, totally. I absolutely believe that. Um, yeah, my sister was, at that time, I mean, we were distant for a while, but at that time, she was one of the most influential people mm. to me. Yeah still is to this day that's awesome but um at that time yeah i remember you know going through all those drugs and just like being mean and being stupid and Mm -hmm. you know my sister and my mom were hurt by me and i was hurt by them yeah and we had damaged relationship big time and i never felt invited i never felt involved in mm. their personal lives it it always felt like josh you're doing this wrong you're doing that like how how could you do these things yeah. mm-hmm. and it was always like 
what you're doing is wrong. You need to stop. Yeah. And it was always distance, Mm -hmm. you know. And a couple months prior to, I know my sister was praying for me heavily. She started inviting me into her personal walk with God. Like she would just talk to me like a friend, Mm. you know, like I was a normal person. Yeah. And she would just share with me things God was telling her or just share with me things she was growing in and it really meant a lot to me wow yeah yeah that's and, amazing yeah wow. okay so w- when did it happen like when did you um have that you ran into god and mm. you just when did you give your life mm. to him yeah so not too long after that um uh we had a family friend who is um kids that live in east texas here and mm-hmm. um so he we're very close with him he moved out here and um my sister came out to get a job because he offered her a place to stay and so she'd lived out here for approximately seven or eight months and at that point i was living in the bay area playing music on the streets doing my thing frying um and i remember there was one point where i was so deep into depression and addiction and all of that i had a couple friends die overdoses and car wrecks and all of that and i was just messed up dude and you know experiencing all these dark spiritual things and yeah I remember sitting on the pavement near our apartment and I was smoking, smoking a cigarette and I just said out loud, God, do your will in my life. And I had no idea about the repercussions (laughs) of what that was going to do. Wow. Yeah. Um, But the next day... So this is getting freaky. Next day, my sister calls me (laughs) and she's like, hey, Josh, like I'm going on a road trip to Georgia. Do you want to come? And I was like, yo, like I'm broke. But if you buy me a plane ticket, I'll come. And she was like, "Okay, deal. And that night, my dad brought me home a little pamphlet from church that said, knowing the will of God. And then, (laughs) it just gets stranger people. And then after that, uh, my sister calls back and she's like, hey, so your ticket's booked. You're leaving next Tuesday, 6 a.m. Which is, personally, 6 a.m. is not a good time to fly. Okay. Too early. Um, But I was like, all right, this is happening. Mm. And inside, dude, I felt so torn. Like there was like part of me that was like, I felt the anticipation of something going to happen. You know, Mm -hmm. like I felt it inside. And part of me was like, don't go. There's something going to happen. You won't live the same. And then part of me was like, yeah, dude, like go. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Mm. And 
So it was a very just uneasy feeling. Mm-hmm. So I thought about bringing some weed with me. <laughs> but then I was like, ah, Texas, like it might be crazy. So they're not as lenient. <laughs> and so I decided to just get totally rip, get on the plane and have a nice ride. Yeah. That's what I did. And landed here in Texas and next day left, hit the road, headed east to through the south to Georgia. Hmm. Um crazy culture shock (laughs) (laughs) crazy california to georgia bless your heart darling i'd never heard that in my life (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's classic that's hilarious crazy yeah and just like you know you imagine like what i look like people oh for sure where is this guy coming from yeah like they were probably able to guess huh oh yeah are, are you from California? Oh, you California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so coming from, you know, California to Texas was absurd for me at first, for sure. Um, yeah, from that point, we drove straight to Georgia. <laughs> and on the way, we stopped in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, straight hood. Like, (laughs) complete. I mean, I've been in the hood before, but this was like southern hood. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Um, And my my sister had known some people, some missionaries uh, that she had met in Mozambique, actually, Mm -hmm. um, that were involved with Heidi and Iris Ministries. And so they had... um, in inner city ministry base there in Jackson. Mm-hmm. So we stopped to stay with them a night on the way to Georgia. Um, nice. And yeah, I remember getting there. There was a family that was going to host us for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. But sitting down, eating with them and her name was Megan. She she sat next to me um, and we're just eating. And I remember her looking over at me and she was like, hey, like, I really just heard from the Lord that you're going through this, this, and this, and these are your thoughts. And like, dude, she totally read my mail. Mm-hmm. Like, That's awesome. She, Yeah, it was insane. Like, it was the first experience I had where I saw spiritual gifting Mm -hmm. in a Christian. Wow. Yeah. So that, like, I mean, yeah, it was, I was like, what? Like, I've experienced this stuff before, but not, like, in this platform, you know? Right. And so it was, it was crazy. Um, And... So, yeah, we were just talking for a while, but the pivotal point was that night was the night of Pentecost, Mm. which (laughs) the anniversary of Pentecost. And so if you know what Pentecost is, you know, it was was the night that the Holy Spirit um, came and and entered the disciples. Yeah. uh, Came on earth. Yeah. For the first time to... 
you know, make, make our bodies a temple, you know? Yeah. And so I didn't really know what all that meant, but mm. they were like, Hey, we're having a, a prayer night <laughs> up in this, uh, <laughs> attic room of this house. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys can join. And so I was there. So I decided, you know, whatever, like I'll join them. Mm -hmm. And so after dinner, we go up and get in the room and I just look around. There's like worship music on maps on the wall. Like people are like just kind of all over Mm -hmm. sitting, drawing, writing, reading the Bible, laying there with their eyes closed, whatever, um, doing their own thing. And so I sit down against the wall and just kind of looking around and I remember just thinking dude what am I doing here yeah, <laughs> yeah. like the, a lot of place. yeah like these aren't my people yeah. like <laughs> this is not what I'm used to and I just thought it was crazy that I was in Mississippi and not in California. Yeah. All of a sudden. <laughs> All of a sudden. After I asked God to do his what, will in my life. Two days after? Three yeah, days after? Three days. Three days after. Uh-huh. It was insane. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, I was sitting there and... I was just getting hit with all these different things that had led up to that moment, you know? Yeah. And... Um, you were reflecting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was reflecting on everything that had happened. And I remember being at a point in my heart where I was just so desperate that I was just like, I need to know the truth. Mm. You know, because I had been searching for the truth for a while and tried a lot of different things. Yeah. Talked to a lot of different people. But. I never had true peace in my heart. And at that point, I remember just closing my eyes, going inside, you know, like mm-hmm. in in my inner being. And I remember just saying to God, I said, God, like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I need you to show me who you really are right now like actually show up Mm. like do something like if you don't do anything like i'm turning my back on you forever like i'm done looking to you yeah and god likes a challenge man (laughs) because like it right after i said that it was it was as if i was aware of this super heavy blanket that was on me it felt like a down blanket just got lifted right off of me. It felt wow. like I could float, like mm. just weight was gone, right? Mm-hmm. And then I had just a bunch of like a knot of turmoil in my gut, you know, just like shame, guilt, yeah. like pain, all yeah. of that. It literally felt like someone came in and physically just took it out. And I felt empty for a second. Um, but then it felt like water came straight down through the top of my head. Boom. Straight into that hole. 
and just started filling up in my chest and bubbling and it felt like <laughs> pure just joy peace it, it felt like the best drug i'd ever taken like yeah it just it filled up i just started cracking <laughs> up laughing like i had no idea what was going on yeah but all i knew in my spirit in that moment was that jesus christ was lord and that was the truth and that god loved me mm-hmm. and i was his son wow and i remember hearing inside in that moment it was like so heavy the experience was so heavy in such a good way that i just bent i just hit the floor and i was like jesus my life is yours like i'm done living the way i was and i don't know what this is gonna look like but show me you know yeah and i remember hearing inside he said you're my son and I've always loved you and I paid a price for you. And it was like simple words, mm-hmm. but it carried such weight. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, because it was real. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I came up out of that. I don't even know how long I was there, mm-hmm. you know, just dosed out, you know, <laughs> in the presence. Yeah. Um, but I came up, opened my eyes, and I joke you not, it was like everything around me was all of a sudden full of life. Wow. Mm. And it looked like the colors were brighter mm-hmm. to me. And like it looked like I I could physically tell that I could see clearly wow. like it physically felt like my eyes were more attuned you know yeah, it was crazy, crazy. <laughs> it was crazy and I looked over at my sister and I just I was like boom like can we go like I'm I'm exhausted you know I just had mm. to like take time to process what just happened to me yeah because I was never gonna smoke a joint again <laughs> yeah you know like yeah. my life and you knew that I knew that. Wow. I knew that. And honestly, that was the most scary thing. Really. (laughs) Because weed was your piece before? It was. Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, for sure. It was was my resting place. Yeah. Yeah. It was my sense of normal. Yeah. You know? It It was like my comfort. Yeah. You know? So in that moment, it was like that came along with the revelation like you were like oh you can't i can't have this i can't do god and weed one of them it has to be peace and i'm feeling it from jesus yeah and that's my peace now yeah wow and yeah and it was crazy thinking i would never take drugs again yeah because that was your whole life that was my focus in life Mm -hmm. that was I was high or I was getting more high, you know, like, yeah, that was it, you know, Um, that was it. And so, yeah, coming out of that, I remember walking downstairs, walking out the front door and I look at the moon and it's a blood moon. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me that's not crazy, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Like the night of Pentecost. I'm in an upper room. I get just straight fired on by the Holy Ghost. Walk outside. It's a blood moon. Yeah. 
that was the most surreal experience. And um, so I went out, smoked a cigarette on the curb and just talked with my sister about what happened. Hmm. And it was the craziest experience. And, you know, she was so stoked because God had been speaking to her about like he was going to show himself to me. You know? Yeah. And, you know, she'd been praying for me for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just crazy. seeing me get worse and worse and worse, you know. And um, so being able to just be so intimately involved in that experience of me finally experiencing uh, his presence mm-hmm. and um, finally giving my life to Christ was, I know, just like so special to her, mm-hmm. you know. For sure. Yeah. Um, after, so after that, we went back, stayed the night at some of the local missionary homes. Mm-hmm. I was in a bunkhouse by myself, and I remember going to. I had my guitar with me. I went to bed, and I was just like, it was crazy, like bugs were chirping outside it was humid and hot like 11 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. and like uh it was a surreal experience and i remember just i was exhausted from that craziness and went to bed and i remember being like almost in this in-between space Mm -hmm. like i knew i wasn't asleep but i definitely was not awake yeah, if that makes sense. And in my mind's eye, I remember seeing myself sleeping there mm-hmm. and seeing a TV for some reason that wasn't there in real life, seeing a TV on and it was just on a static channel. Mm. And then what I heard from the back door came through. And this, the house I'm in is a shotgun house. It's like in the south where all the doors are lined up in the same position from the front door to the back door. (laughs) Okay. And so, yeah, it's, it's crazy back. Yeah. Southern bolos do it. Wow. (laughs) Um, but I hear a voice call my name and it comes from the back door all the way through the doors and it's just it hits me straight in the chest and it is straight i'll wake up and there's darkness in the room and it felt like satan was calling my name Mm -hmm. and uh i grabbed my guitar i was like no way dude you're not having me grab my guitar played like c g and e and just sang out the name of jesus and it fled wow and that was crazy because I definitely knew something happened if if I was getting yeah attacked like that. He came to take you back. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted me, man. Um, and one crazy. So one crazy thing that I knew for certain something changed in me was prior. I was. I was just heavily involved in pornography Mm. and you know, my worldly perspective, like I just slept around and I just thought of women, um, you know, more so as, as objects. And that was definitely Mm. fueled by that 
industry but I remember after that in experience I went out to eat with my sister and I saw these two women walk across the parking lot and in my heart I just thought wow those are like really amazing people like really beautiful and there's such like an admiration and respect and love for them in my heart and Mm -hmm. it felt like not me you know and there was no like sexualization of it at all yeah like it was just pure like oh my gosh those are beautiful girls you know Mm. like so stoked on life and people (laughs) and I like thought a second later I was like whoa like that normally didn't happen (laughs) ever you know so I immediately started seeing a change in my thought patterns and like how I looked at people Mm -hmm. and how I felt about myself and all of that. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That is amazing. Okay, so we're coming up on like an hour. um, And so we're coming up a little bit towards the end. Yeah. But um, I want to, I want you to take us to the present. Um, How'd you get from Cali to Texas in a, a permanent basis? Like you're here, you're in Texas, you live... 15 minutes from us yeah and um you're not going anywhere anytime soon are you (laughs) okay so so how from then um how did you get to texas like how did you come to meet me and well katia's family first way before me but if you could share on that a little bit yeah so soon soon after that um we got back from the road trip came back here Uh, to texas and i actually never left (laughs) okay yeah um i really felt like at that point in my life the lord was warning me about going back Mm. um you know for obvious reasons of just going back to my old life and um i just felt peace about staying and living here for a while nice Um, so i ended up doing that living with my sister and getting my first real job <laughs> wow that's yeah crazy. that's awesome supporting myself and others and what so was it what was your first job my first job was i was a a handyman a handyman yeah i worked for a handyman oh actually. so a handyman's assistant yeah assistant yeah. to the handyman assistance yeah yeah for sure. <laughs> that's cool yeah and then my first i i just did that for about six months and mm. then i got a job as a painter okay oh, yeah. houses awesome. doing houses interior exterior i did that for about two and a half years yeah wow yeah and lived here Cool. So you picked up some freelancing experience. Oh yeah. Okay. Freelancing experience. Yeah. And, um, I've been, so I've been back and forth from California to here, um, lived in both since then, Mm -hmm. um, spent time back there, spent time out here. Um, and, um, currently I'm living here and, working and building up to uh starting some of my own brands and and businesses like that wow um yeah yeah i want to go into that a little bit um Mm. 
along with just kind of currently um, mm. how God's been ministering to you um, mm-hmm. and maybe even some recent things that that God's just shown up, you know, and yeah. been consistent, like, like, you know, how God just shows up. He didn't just do yeah. it once and then, <laughs> and then lets us just make sure we go to church and read our Bible, but he's yeah. constantly showing us that he's our father. Yeah. Um, so if you could just share a little bit on how God has been faithful and evident, like currently. Then, yeah. Now, yeah. And right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, that's yeah very very recent um i if if i can just touch on after my experience Mm -hmm. with god i just went through so much growth like i had felt like i was in a pressure cooker right like three years of just absolute everyday growth revelation experiences you know like experiential yeah um stuff like seeing people healed broken wow. bones healed wow. seeing people backs healed like yeah. praying for people discovering healing discovering god's power mm-hmm. you know discovering um all of that the power of worship and yeah and and all of that and um and his voice and and listening to him and and just being led by his spirit um and so super awesome, super growing. Um, and personally, I, I'd say in this past year, um, past couple months, I've really seen God show up for me again in a really powerful way. Because um, just to be totally honest, this past year for me has been extremely difficult. Mm. And it, it's been one of my lowest years i think i would say wow um just in my spiritual walk um in my mental health mm-hmm. in my emotional health yeah. in relationships in everything i mean honestly it's been it's been pretty messy wow um you're just dealing with going through um just some dark depression mm-hmm. um some yeah just uh, even went through some some suicidal thinking stuff yeah and um and just distance in my relationships and pain a lot of sadness Mm -hmm. and and just yeah just that struggle yeah and that's Um, all in the past year you're saying yeah, yeah yeah all in this past year and um most recently i've i've really there's a few experiences that led me um, back, back to the Lord. Yeah. His heart, I would say, because I've just um, that last year had left me really just tainted. I would say, mm-hmm. uh, really cynical. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. cynical. Yeah. And very angry, and very honestly distant from God. I didn't want to listen to him mm-hmm. i didn't want to hear his voice i didn't want to talk about him yeah. i didn't want to you know do anything mm-hmm. you know um i was really angry and really hurt and i remember um 
one moment when I really didn't feel myself and I really felt this spirit of death around me. Um, I remember just hitting my knees and just saying, God, like, I, I need you like again, like yeah. I really need you. And I felt him show up. And, and when I say that is I really felt a presence of peace over, over that expression. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I felt him draw close and it wasn't like what I thought he was, you know, mm-hmm. I had formed this idea that God was distant. God didn't really care about me anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I was special to him back when all those cool things were yeah. happening. Now, when I was going through depression and anger and hurt and mm. sadness, I felt like God was just yeah. distant. He wasn't with me anymore, you know? Kind of like, because you, you were just saying, like, you you felt like everything was seeming to pan out opposite of how it should in mm. relationships and everything. Yeah. And so, And that had caused you for a season to really question his Into faithfulness. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so you'd say that night when you just kind of push, like you just kind of got real with your own heart and you said you got on your knees and you were just like, Jesus, I need you. And that's all you knew to say. And yeah. So, so how recent was that? I guess, um, that was two months ago, two months ago and about a month ago. Um, I really, really got raw and, and real with some of my closest friends and and um I just really opened up to all these different struggles I had been dealing with yeah. in this past year and I really just had a softening of my heart and I think through that just personal relationships and mm-hmm. um and prayer and just getting really real with myself mm-hmm. not avoiding mm-hmm. those uncomfortable things yeah um, that really brought me to a place of surrender again. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel that honestly, um, just to speak into that, I, I feel like that's that spirit of, um, just the revelation that we're for God. Like mm. that's our purpose in life. That's yeah. never going to change no matter mm. what we do, no matter yeah. how normal our life seems as far as working and stuff. Yeah. I think that God's been like even through you and just through um, His Word, mm-hmm. He's really in this season calling all of us, and I think our whole friend group is shifting towards that, mm-hmm. um, just cause calling us to be present and every day, go to Him, every morning go to Him, like mm-hmm. wake up and just know why we're alive today. Yeah, because yeah. every day is not promised, yeah. you know, like it's true. And so every day we can have the revelation that, whoa, like I'm awake because Jesus has me to be a light today. Mm. And like, we can't stray from that. And I think that our whole friend group maybe, and just the people in our lives and me has had kind of a season of cynicism, like you're saying. And I felt the same thing. Like I have for like a couple months, just kind of felt a little more distant. And the routine wasn't there as far as, being honest with my heart and with Jesus every day and just I was working at Walmart and I was every day and just like God was constantly kind of just here and there just being faithful and showing up and I would Mm. feel peace at times and I was like 
this needs to be an everyday thing, yeah. like an everyday kind of love, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. And I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess just if you want to speak into, um, I guess, where you are right now today. Right like, now. Right now, today. Um, <laughs> today. How was your day today, <laughs> Josh? <laughs> it was awesome, man. I had a recent gnarly injury shredding oh, it. Yes. Uh, Tell the people about that. Yeah, That dude. was fun. Okay, <laughs> No. So... <laughs> Yeah, I I went and got a chiropractic adjustment today, which <laughs> I totally recommend because it's yeah, amazing. I've been thinking about it. Yeah, you should, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's it's totally awesome. Um, I've always sent it. You know what I mean? Like I've always <laughs> gone oh, hard, goodness. like right in the narnar, you know. And and for the uh, people listening at home, yeah. we have some foreigners that listen. Okay. And so those are some terms that might be quite foreign <laughs> to even totally. a lot of the Americans listening. Absolutely. You're talking skating, snowboarding. Yeah, surfing, whatever. Surfing. Like, you just, uh, with those terms, I guess, <laughs> it's just like taking the risk, doing something crazy, yeah. and just... Yeah. Not in a stupid in, way, but in, just in intensely. like a yeah, going for what you're doing. Going for being it, passionate yeah. about being passionate about what that way or whatever. Yeah. 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 Like we're not half heartedly doing anything. No. But no. like so you're saying like you're worshiping worshiping God in like that extreme <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like if you're gonna hit a wave or whatever, you're yeah. not just gonna I'm be soft gonna, about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm gonna like get speed. I'm gonna get air. I'm gonna yeah. send it. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think Absolutely. we're all on board now. So right on. So you right had on. a recent incident. Yeah. Yeah. So just in between jobs, you know, I'm an arborist and I climb trees, and so I do jobs all over. Um, and in between jobs, had a break, and of course I have my shred sled, aka skateboard, with me <laughs> in the truck, and found a sweet hill to bomb. Had my buddy tow me up to the top of the hill in his truck and follow me down to clock my speed. And as I was carving, like my trucks were pretty loose, mm-hmm. not advisable for carving at high speeds. Um, but just getting super low, getting pitted and started getting some speed wobbles, Mm. um, and went to stand up. And at that point, the speed wobbles flexed so hard that it flew threw me off of the skateboard and like parallel with the ground, just ate it slammed hit hard yeah Smacked and you landed on head. your back i landed on my hip then my shoulder, shoulder. then my head smacked the back on of your head just back smacked of my head the smacked and how fast were you going 25 miles 25 an hour. Yeah. and so tell everyone like that's just another thing like god was so faithful because i i yeah. saw you the next day yeah the next and day. i was like you're just laying on the ground just kind of stretching and yeah, stuff yeah and yeah. i was like what like what do you do and you showed me the video and i was like that is wild i was like when did that happen you were like yesterday (laughs) and your head was totally fine yeah and that's where you hit hardest it looked like other than the hip but like you just slammed your head total whiplash and and you were like i don't even feel a bruise on my head yeah like 
Yeah. Honestly, yeah, it was it was a miracle. I thought I was going to reach back when I got up. I got up right away, you know, just totally like full of adrenaline. Reach back the back of my head to feel for a gash or blood or whatever and there was nothing, not a bump. Well, and I felt fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a miracle, man. That's awesome. Jesus. I mean, yeah, Protection. that's just definitely God, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we do stupid things sometimes, but and, but God's faithful. faithful. It's like, and it's not the excuse to do something silly. But, right. But it's just like you weren't trying to fall off your board. I was trying, yeah, you know, fun. Yeah, and, for sure. And God's just good. Like He's our Father. Yeah. Like you picture a little toddler, like do something, start <laughs> to fall, and God's just like catch their dad them. just like reaches down, catches them. Yeah. So yeah, that's amazing. Um, and so you mentioned a little bit about like your dream right now just like yeah. the dream god's lit on your heart is to start your own brands yeah and uh just tell us a brief like little bit what that what you're thinking on your heart that's mm. gonna look like you yeah know? so um definitely i love organizing things dreaming <laughs> bringing mm-hmm. people together and creating something cool um and so I'm an artist at heart, you know, mm-hmm. like that is who I am. Definitely. And I've always had a draw to to the vagabond lifestyle for sure. And just a lifestyle of being my own boss, being an entrepreneur. And so I, it, it came out of, I, I'm going to be starting a skate company. Mm. Uh, surf skate west coast style brand clothing apparel that kind of thing um and i really want to cool do some cool things with it Mm -hmm. um i want to sponsor events and maybe eventually get into shaping boards and that kind of stuff but just really want to use it for a platform um to to reach kids youth and and that people group that that you were that I was that you grew up you know yeah, yeah that I grew up in and um really have a heart for for gnarly kids you know yeah and yeah. so it's just a platform yeah to create sure. relationship with them that's awesome and, and yeah travel and have fun while I'm doing it yeah yeah, yeah. well I, yeah I think that's amazing and I think that um God's really gonna bless that and just fund it for you You know Mm. like god's gonna bring the funds and stuff and and god's gonna show up like he has in every other time in your life you know and i just think that Mm. we're really excited to rep your brand nar vibes yeah Yeah. Uh, plug yeah (laughs) so we've got some of josh's t-shirts uh the very first yeah Yeah. first like prototypes prototypes yeah Mm -hmm. and we honestly love them like people thank you. ask me about them all the time people really? yeah. yeah they're like oh mm-hmm. it's a cool shirt or like what's that say you know yeah they're like all interested in it yeah, yeah. which is cool I'm right like, on hey this is josh's friend like you yeah. guys so yeah. i guess just yeah coming up to a conclusion everybody um this has been amazing um mm-hmm. we're all super glad that we did this um, yeah yeah and i'm just like constantly actually every time that your testimony comes to my mind since the first time that you shared your uh-huh. story with me yeah i'm just like encouraged like yeah when it's all in perspective and like all laid out like that mm. it's like 
you see darkness, you see light, and that's like that's all the only perspective we need. Yeah. Is and I feel like just your your testimony speaks to us just like trusting God and tomorrow if we like focus on that and we focus on like the obstacles that might come up we can just get distracted but like when you gave your life to jesus when i gave my life to jesus yeah the future wasn't even on my mind Mm. i was like god all i know is that i have no idea what's happening yeah after this but i give you my life and i just trust you with everything and i'm just gonna listen to you and I'm just going to get everything from you. And we're just going to do this together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so we're all super encouraged. And everybody yeah. at home, I hope mm-hmm. that you're really encouraged by Josh's testimony. Seriously, and... it's so cool that we have it recorded now. <laughs> yeah. That we can look back on in however many years and just be like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. It's something to not forget. Yeah. About yeah. God's power and grace and yeah, the way he's worked in our life. Yeah. Yeah. And so everybody at home, um, we're just going to plug Josh real quick. If you want to follow him on Instagram, um, it that's what Joshua... Yeah, it, Joshua David. period David. Okay, yeah. so Joshua period David on Instagram. Yeah. He has some cool photography and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, just mostly pages from travels. Yeah. Uh, recent mm-hmm. Nepal, Thailand, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and so if you want to keep up to date with him on there, and yeah. um, I'm sure we'll have him on our podcast again some point in the future. And um, Josh, thank you so much yeah. for, for awesome. being here Dude, and thank doing you this. Guys. and. Yeah. Such a pleasure, honor to be on here. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And so everybody, I encourage you more than ever, if you think that <laughs> if you have anyone come to your mind that you think that this episode would encourage mm-hmm. um anyone even that might not know Jesus, like, um, I just encourage you guys to share it with your friends and family and um just let people be encouraged by his story. Yeah. Um and we thank you guys for listening. And we will catch you later. We love you. Alive. (laughs)